0: Welcome to the Weddell Seal Science Podcast. Weddell seals are found only in Antarctica and are true seals of the family Phocidae. They're amazing divers. We'll take you to Antarctica to discover this amazing predator and learn more about the work of the researchers who study these Weddell seals. In our first episode, lead scientist and professor in the Ecology Department of Montana State University, Dr. Jay Rotella, We'll discuss studying this iconic Antarctic marine mammal and the goals of the project on the new grant. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, we're very pleased that we have a new award from the National Science Foundation to Montana State University that will allow us to continue the long-term population studies of Weddell seals in Erebus Bay for five more years. And the 2022 field season will be the first of our new five years and the new project will in many ways continue on maintaining the long-term database for how the population's doing and tagging animals and maintaining a, a large number of tagged animals that we know what year they were born, what years they gave birth, uh, what years they were in the study area and so on. But we'll also be doing some new things. I thought what might be useful is to walk through the the field season a little bit and talk about what we'll be doing that is the same as always, maintaining the long-term database. And that will involve uh, getting out in early October. Our team of six will arrive in Erebus Bay at McMurdo Station in early October. They will get safety training and uh, get trained by our returning members on how to work with the seals, tag seals, count seals, and so on, and work and live safely in that environment. Once the uh, flagged routes are put in by the team and they're, they're trained, then in about October 15th through about November 10th or so, A large amount of effort goes into documenting how many pups are born, uh, so how much reproduction is taking place in the 2022 field season, and the methods we use this year will match uh, what has been done every year since uh, the late 1970s. Basically, we go into each seal colony every other day, weather allowing, and look for newborn pups and Once they're a day or two old, we'll tag each pup with a uniquely numbered and colored tag, and we will uh, associate that pup with its mother. The majority of mothers will be females that were born in Erebus Bay in previous years and who are already tagged and who we have recorded in our long-term database. Because the pups and their mothers are very closely associated they lay uh, quite closely together. The pups are regularly nursing, especially during the first couple of weeks. It's it's quite straightforward to uh, identify who, who is a mother and pup pair. So by doing that, we know features of the pup's mother, how old she was, how many previous pups she had had, um, features that we know can influence how much a pup might weigh and how well it might do later in its life through uh, things its mother does for it. So as an example, an experienced mother that's in her prime and her mid-teens might produce pups that have a little better chance in life than some who have very young mothers or very old mothers. So documenting the features of the the pup's mother is quite useful to the long-term studies. Also documenting which mothers are having pups, um, also helps us keep track of the lifetime reproduction pattern of each of the mothers that are in the study area. So for example, in 2022, each mother that has a pup is documented. So we'll know that, for example, a 16-year-old mother is having her fifth pup and a 20-year-old mother nearby is with her eighth pup and so on so we're recording the details of the lives of the females that are having those pups as well and learning how long they live and, and about the reproductive patterns over the the course of the pupping season we'll we'll learn how many pups are born that's something we do every year And that's a good indicator of of how the uh, marine system is operating in terms of producing food that the uh, mothers rely on for uh, producing milk to nurse their pups. So when years when we have a lot of pups, we know that mothers came back into Erebus Bay with good food resources and were able to uh, produce a, a large number of pups as a population. So each year, by recording the total number of pups uh, produced in the study area, we can get a sense of how the population's reproductive abilities are doing, which is an indicator of how the marine system is is operating in terms of producing enough food to support the production of young and the nursing of young. As we work in the colonies during the the pupping season, we've learned in recent years that there are a large and growing number of mothers with pups in the study area who were not born themselves in the study area. They were born elsewhere. And that means that the composition of the population of mothers consists of mostly females who were born locally, but also a a large and growing contingent of females who were born somewhere else. And it's possible that The uh, females that were born somewhere else are different in terms of their ability to rear pups, the frequency with which they attend the study area and contribute to the population. And um, you can imagine animals from elsewhere being very robust individuals that survived perhaps an arduous journey to join the study area population. Or perhaps are weaker animals that were kicked out of crowded areas elsewhere. Or perhaps they're very similar to local animals and simply arrived because there wasn't sea ice in some area to the north in a, in a current year. The bottom line is we're very curious about what the females from outside do in terms of contributing to the local population. We're interested in how well their pups do compared to how well pups born to females that originated in Erebus Bay do. So comparing the the mother's performance in terms of reproduction and survival in Erebus Bay for females that were born locally and born elsewhere is of great interest in our new project. It appears that if, if recent trends of the last 15 years continue, that females born elsewhere uh, could come to dominate the population in Erebus Bay. And so understanding who they are, uh, how they perform in terms of reproduction and survival, learning how their pups perform in terms of survival and reproduction and long-term contributions to the population will be important. And learning are there certain kinds of years with certain kinds of environmental conditions in which we get more immigration or less immigration is going to help us understand a little deeper so we're very interested in learning how mothers that were born in Erebus Bay versus born elsewhere and have immigrated in, do they differ in terms of how often they produce pups? Do they differ in terms of how often we see them across years? Are there certain kinds of years where we see more immigrants or fewer? And does that depend on what sea ice conditions or other marine conditions are like in the environment well outside of our study area? And then what happens to the pups uh, who were born to different kinds of mothers? Do they differ in their long-term uh, survival prospects, reproductive prospects, and contributions? So one of the things we'll be doing this year to get started on learning about possible differences in uh, the performance of females born in Erebus Bay versus born elsewhere is first we'll be identifying those animals and classifying them as to whether they were born locally or elsewhere. And we can do that because females born in the study area will be tagged at birth, and then we replace or repair broken tags every year. So any female without tags as an adult is very likely to be an immigrant. It's quite uncommon for a female to lose all of her tags without us re-tagging her before all the tags come off. So when we find a female without tags, we can look for any evidence that she's ever been tagged before. Are there evidence of tag holes and things like that? And we can clearly identify an animal that's never been tagged before. And because we've tagged every pup in the study area for over 40 years, any untagged animal is going to be from outside. When we tag those animals and classify them and store that information in the database, we will also be taking a small tissue sample for genetics investigations so that we can compare the genetic signatures using genomics tools to compare the genetic signatures of locally born animals and those that are from elsewhere. So for this year, we'll be tagging the pups, associating pups with their mothers, learning about how many new animals from outside have joined, and how many are returning animals that were born locally. And then in the years ahead, we'll be we'll be comparing uh, demographic features or population survival, reproduction features of the different kinds of females and of their offspring. For a sample of. Immigrant mothers and of locally produced mothers will also be weighing their pups late in lactation to see if there's any differences in the body mass of those young seals produced by different kinds of mothers. And we'll be getting tissue samples that can be used by our genetics collaborators. The new award, we have two new women joining the group. Dr. Nancy Chen from the University of Rochester, an assistant professor there who's a genomics expert, is joining. And she, along with our postdoctoral researcher, Elizabeth Flesh of Montana State University, they will be doing the genomics investigations comparing these different kinds of females. So that's some some old things combined with some new things keeping track of all the pups keeping track of the mothers but now working on origins of the mothers and some genetic comparisons as we get a little further along in the season getting into early to mid-november then we begin to do complete surveys of all the seals that are hauled out on the ice about every five days we'll go through the entire study area and count all the seals that are hauled out. And that usually involves recording around a 1,000 seals in a day. And so six or seven of us will go through, systematically through the study area with a notebook and handheld computers and, and walk through systematically and record the tag numbers of every individual seal. And that's both males and females of all ages and whether they're breeding or not. And so that information is really valuable for learning about how many seals are in the population. It tells us which seals from previous years are still alive. tells us which seals um, of various ages, at least for the female group, are producing young in a given year. And uh, so really valuable information. So that will continue the long-term monitoring of the population. That is so valuable for seeing how the abundance and the population composition changes across years. The other possibility in 2022 is if sea ice conditions allow, we'll also travel to some areas uh, just outside of our study area to look for seals giving birth outside the study area who are untagged and from elsewhere. And we'll collect some tissue samples for genetic analysis to compare genetic signatures. And in the years ahead, we'll visit a variety of areas at various distances away from our study area to collect tissue samples from females from different locations at various distances. And our genetics experts, uh, Nancy Chen and Elizabeth Flesh, will work to analyze those tissue samples and do the genomics work to look at how much connectivity there is based on the genetic evidence among different areas at different distances away to try to learn about spatial patterns and the the connectivity of these seal populations. So we've got quite a bit going on this year, the continuing, the marking and the monitoring of the animals, and then as well trying to learn some new things as we go forward.